We're talking vertical video today with Shelly Saves the Day. And Santa Ross is giving away one year of the StreamYard basic plan to a new user. So stick around. We got a lot to talk about coming up on StreamYard Connect. Welcome, everybody, to StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. We're here every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern on the StreamYard YouTube channel, the StreamYard Facebook page, and on Twitter and Periscope, at least Periscope up until the end of March, probably. But we're on Twitter, on the iRoss Brand account, on the StreamYard accounts, on Facebook and YouTube. So welcome. I see Chami is here. Andrew Cavanaugh, good to see you. Rudy, Nice to see you. Jaden is here. Alexander H. has a question about YouTube Shorts. How did I get access? I believe everybody has access to create a Shorts. You may not have access. I think only in India do people have actually access to use the Shorts creator features. But uh, anybody can upload a, a, a short. Stefan, good to see you. Last week's guest. Uh, Bill's here, a guitar giveaway channel. Speaking of giveaways, we're going to be giving away a one-year basic plan for StreamYard. So do stick around. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Also, Shelly Saves the Day is here, and we're going to talk to her about vertical video. We're going to talk about TikTok, Instagram Reels, uh, YouTube Shorts, Stories, Every way you might want to use vertical video, maybe even how you can integrate vertical video clips into your StreamYard broadcast. And you might be saying, well, Ross, why are you doing vertical video? This uh, isn't something that you necessarily create on StreamYard. Well, there's a couple of reasons why I think vertical video is very important. Number one, it's hot right now. There's a lot of attention on vertical video, especially TikTok and then those features have been integrated or you could say that competitors to TikTok are trying to create a feature that's somewhat similar. So you have YouTube pushing shorts right now. You have Instagram pushing reels. And a lot of people are having success with those different uh, options. So one of the reasons I want to talk about this is I think this is an area that's ripe for promotion. If you are wanting to look for new avenues to grow your audience, to grow your business, to build your brand, or just to have fun and also learn a little bit of different creative aspects you can bring into your editing and your live broadcasts, these vertical video apps or features are great ways to do that. So uh, stick around. Shelly Saves the Day is great. She runs the vi the Vertical Video Marketing Academy, and she's an active creator across a, a whole bunch of channels, and especially on YouTube, but also all the vertical video apps and features that she uses to be able to share her experience and her tips here. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is you can actually take clips from your StreamYard shows and repurpose those clips as vertical videos. And you could use it on, uh, you could use it on perhaps TikTok or a YouTube short 
and and many different ways. Uh, welcome, Omar. Podcast DAB is here. Tim Gillette, great to see you. Happy holidays to you and everybody else. Sharon, nice to see you. And so here's what I did because I care about you guys, not because I wanted to. I've held off TikTok forever. I went ahead and I finally joined TikTok the other day so that I could test it out and have some idea what this is all about because this isn't the type of content that I've generally created. So being shy in the beginning, the first thing I did was upload a video that I had created for YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels. I was on Ross's show last week and I was asking him what camera he used. So for Black Friday, I went in and I went into the local store and they said, I got... I got the same camera and they said, why do you want this? Why do you want this camera in particular? I said, because that's what Ross uses. <laughs> that was my research. I want the same one Ross has. And that's Louise McDonald. She was a guest a few weeks back. And all I did was I took my StreamYard replay or recording, downloaded it, put it into a video editor and rearranged, made made a copy of the video uh, track, right? And then I, I made her video large and I made my, my video track small and put it towards the top, added some music, and um, it is what it is, right? So that was my cowardly way to start out on TikTok, which was to just repurpose something that I had used on other channels. But the real magic, I guess, on TikTok comes when you use their sounds and you let yourself go and have a little fun. So <laughs> I tried a TikTok-style video. Hello, darling. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. You're just as lovely as you used to be. Anyway, I've got a long way to go. If anybody in the chat has suggestions on what it takes to do good vertical videos, be entertaining, to have fun, what these platforms are looking for, what you like to watch on these platforms, I would love to hear it. Good to see Beauty Bubble here. She says, how funny. The giggle is coming. Okay, so you've, you've checked out my stuff already over there. And uh, Stefan says, breaking news, Ross Brand hits TikTok. So we're going to get into vertical video and a lot of what you can do with Shelly. Saves the day coming up in a few minutes. But let's get to some items related to StreamYard that you'll find of interest, I would hope, and I think you will, and that is their new themes for StreamYard. So uh, it, they're not out yet, but they're coming out this week, and basically uh, when you look at the way we, for example, would put a comment up on the screen, then you know there'll be a couple new themes that'll show your comments, your banners. Uh, if you have your name tag, so to speak, on, it will show that, and Gage and Dan, the co-founders, made the announcement on the StreamYard Town Hall Sunday night. I know this one's been asked about for a long time, and we were actually we'll able, we'll be able to uh, demo it here, but it's uh, new themes. So, so we can actually demo it right now. So there's two new themes. One is called, uh, uh, one is called Bubble, and the other one's called uh, Block. So I'll go ahead and show you guys the uh, Bubble theme so you can see 
uh, my banner changed there and it was pretty quick, but you notice that there's animations as well. So uh, with animation, with banners and comments, they'll actually animate in uh, along with the, the, the names as well. So if I, um, I'll go ahead and show a comment and then remove it and you'll be able to see it. So we can see Marissa's comment here. So you can see how that new theme uh, looks. And if I remove the comment, oh, I got to remove the banner as well. You'll see our names pop in as well. Those only animate in certain situations. So that is the bubble theme. And then also coming will be a theme called block. I'll show the other one now, which is called the, um, the block theme. So you can see it there. You saw the animation at the beginning there. I'll go ahead and, and show a banner uh, as well. For the banner, I guess I'll, I'll make the other minor announcement, which is uh, longer uh, video clips. So video clips are now, instead of five minutes, they're 10 minutes and up to 200 megabytes uh, in, in size. Yeah, so that's the other piece of news is the longer video clips. We told you that that was coming a few weeks ago. And basically, StreamYard, when they started allowing video clips, it was up to a minute, I believe. It was either 30 seconds. I think it was 30 seconds, maybe 30 seconds or a minute, and then it moved to five minutes. So now you can upload and play from within StreamYard clips of up to 10 minutes long, as long as they're under 200 megabytes. And then if you have a larger file size or you want to play a longer video, you can still do it using the screen share feature. And so uh, more opportunities to work within the StreamYard uh, dashboard within the StreamYard studio and set up your broadcast so you have fewer moving parts. You can just click on the video like I've been doing and play the video from within uh, StreamYard. So a couple of uh, items of industry news caught my eye. Um, you may have seen that when Congress passed the COVID relief bill, it was late Monday night, Tuesday morning, I think, late Monday night. There were a lot of different things that were snuck in there that don't really have to do with COVID or relief. And one of them is streaming copyrighted material, which was a misdemeanor, is now a felony. So if you stream copyrighted material, you could be sentenced to up to 10 years in jail. Seems pretty harsh. Um, I think this is an issue primarily focused on Twitch and gamers using copyrighted material in games that impacts perhaps the companies that create those games. I'm not positive. Of course, there, there are um, music rights that are always being discussed and, you know, you can't use a song that you didn't you don't have the copyright or you didn't buy the copyright or use some service, right? So um, if you don't own it, don't use it is the general way to go. But this has made it more from, hey, you could get a cease and desist letter. You might uh, get a knock on the door and get sued to, hey, <laughs> you could spend 10 years in jail. Not, uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty strong issue, but uh, apparently this is big in the gaming industry and, they put a lot of pressure on Congress, I guess, over this issue. Also, I don't know if you guys are familiar at all with BoxCast. It's a live streaming hardware uh, encoder, something that instead of going live from your computer, you would go live with. But it's also 
They've also got their own sort of streaming and live stream delivery service. So you, if you use their one of their hardware products, you would send that stream to their servers, their cloud, and then they would push that out to the destinations. And so it's something that people might take with them to use uh, where they just want to set up a camera, plug it in, or they want to do a more advanced broadcast. You can do that as well. Anyway, they've raised $20 million in Series A funding, according to TechCrunch. And I mentioned that for a couple of reasons. One is it shows that there's money, money, money coming into live streaming and also... Sure was one of uh, their partners uh, that that helped them in the Series A funding. So that's interesting. Sure, keeping an eye on live streaming as I've always felt that a lot of the gear companies, other than, say, a company like Logitech, were often very much more focused on podcasting, gaming. Uh, but I think this is interesting that uh, sure was involved with this. And then I, I don't have much time to get into this, but, but you probably know the story of Caliphate. It, it was a podcast from the New York Times, and it turned out it was supposed to be nonfiction, and it turned out much of what the main source for the podcast was saying didn't happen to be true. And I thought the article in the verge was a little disappointing because it basically said this is the problem with podcasting and what's going on now because a lot of podcasts have the opportunity to maybe turn into tv shows hollywood's looking at podcasts to see could there be a script there that could turn over uh really well to a visual product to a movie and so the author seemed to throw a lot of the blame at the feet of podcasting and the rush of podcasters to maybe get the attention of TV shows or Hollywood. I mean, I think it's just, you're talking the New York Times. I mean, it's bad journalism. It's people who made the mistake. I don't think it has anything to do with podcasting per se. And this is something that's going to happen with live streaming too. When somebody makes a knucklehead decision or does something that, highlights what could be a negative side of podcasting uh, or live streaming, you're going to see those kind of criticisms. But overall, uh, things are very positive for live streaming. Again, this was aimed at podcasting. I, I thought the article kind of, the issue is people, right? Whatever the platform, the medium is, some people use it in a good way. Some people follow the precepts of their industry and others try and uh, get away with something. And in this case, these are professional journalists at perhaps the most esteemed newspaper in the world probably should have known better. I would, I would hesitate to blame podcasting for that. And then, uh, you know, we've been talking a little bit. You've heard me talking a little bit about professional broadcasters using StreamYard. And you probably said, ah, Ross, you know, you're doing a show on StreamYard channels. You must be just, you know, pushing this and pushing it. And, you know, maybe I came up with an example or two. We told you about Madeline Smithberg, who was the co-creator 
of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart and the executive producer of that was a producer with Letterman and how she's using StreamYard for her Mad in the Kitchen show, a live cooking show. Well, if this isn't proof that TV is using StreamYard and interested in StreamYard, this is NBC LA. This is the NBC owned and operated station in the new, number two market in the country. This is after network NBC and after perhaps the New York station. This is probably the most important, one of the most important properties that NBC owns. And NBC is using uh, StreamYard, and you can see they just went with a plain background, and you, you see the name tags are are clearly that is clearly StreamYard there, um, and I think it's exciting. And continuing to find these examples, I want to I want to thank someone showed this in the chat. I, I wish I had their name. If you are in the chat here, uh, put your name in. Let me know you were the one who found it. If not, I will give you a shout out on next week's show, but. Congratulations to StreamYard, and, you know, this is great seeing TV using StreamYard as their vehicle to conduct interviews and get their broadcasts on, get their interviews on quickly and in good quality. So nice nice to see that there. Um, and as we continue, uh, we, we've gone through the news, and that's the industry news, and of course, so if... If NBC LA is using it, if executive producers and TV are using StreamYard, why not you use it too? You can find more about StreamYard. You can get started. You can get a free trial by going to LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard. LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard. And again, I'll be giving away a basic plan, one year of a basic plan of StreamYard later on in the show. And... Now we're going to move into vertical video. Our guest is Shelly Saves the Day. She's a terrific video creator and teacher. She's uh, the, the founder of the Vertical Video Marketing Academy. She's a YouTube coach. iMovie Made Easy is a course that she's got out there if you want to learn how to edit with iMovie. It's great to have her on over 30,000 followers on one of her many YouTube channels. Let's welcome to the show, Shelly Saves the Day. <laughs> welcome, Shelly. Hello, everyone. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you. Um, it's exciting to talk about vertical video. Uh, I know you had something else before the interview, so you may not know that I actually joined TikTok and created a couple of videos in yeah. preparation for this. How did it go? I think it's kind of fun. It is fun, right? That's one of the best things about vertical is like it brings fun back. So my first question is, I've played around with reels. I've played around with shorts on YouTube. Why, why is TikTok so much more fun? Well... As much as everyone wants to talk about the algorithm and everything on YouTube, I will say TikTok really has it down. So they've been doing the year-end kind of wrap-ups where uh, they tell you a lot about yourself, basically, the information they've collected about mm -hmm. you. And mine was like, you really enjoy like puppies and dogs. And I'm like, yes, I do. And they're like, uh, you also really enjoy, you know, like dancing or people getting engaged. And I'm like, 
yes, that's true. Or like military homecomings and like all of the stuff. And, right. like, and I'm like, yes, they do. And so they know that the more you interact with it and they show you what you want. And so you'll get into this time suck where you'll be in it three hours and it has <laughs> much longer watch times than YouTube does, which is weird considering all of the content is so short. And that jives with, the, I think, a lot of the way that people think. Like it's quick, short bursts of information. Right. And you're just in it. You're in it for a while. And so a lot of people think, okay, this is basically, it's kids stuff, but what starts with kids doesn't stay with kids, as we know from just about every other platform that came along, had its popular, popular, hot moment, and then now it's it's their parents and grandparents, or they've <laughs> aged 15 years and are continuing to use that platform. So you're seeing a lot of marketers, you're seeing a lot of creators now going in and what i found interesting and kind of unexpected is there's there are tiktoks that you can watch and get business tips yeah. some things i never even heard of or knew it's like wow things about taxes and business yeah. and like, uh, you know videos and lawyers and yeah a bunch yeah and it's quick and it's within the kind of flow of what tiktok is but the the advice is is very valuable and so it's not just being silly and doing stuff like this, which you may have missed earlier. Hello, darling. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. You're just as lovely as you used to be. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that, that was my first real TikTok. My first video that I uploaded was just a uh, a video I had done for YouTube Shorts. I'll, I'll play that sure. real quick. I was on Ross's show last week and I was asking him what camera he used. So for Black Friday, I went in and I went into the local store and they said, I got... I got the same camera and they said, why do you want this? Why do you want this camera in particular? I said, because that's what Ross uses. <laughs> that was my research. I want the same one Ross has. All right. So thank you. So one of the reasons why I'm showing these as well is the, the one, the second one, that all footage came from a StreamYard show. Mm -hmm. So I see two opportunities here. One is you can promote and grow your live streaming shows, your YouTube channel by getting attention and reaching new people on these platforms. But you also can repurpose all the video recordings that you have from your videos, from your shows, from your live streams. And, you know, I have to learn about how to stitch them together and do multi clips and things like that. But there's a lot of opportunity. We always think repurposing, okay, we'll do a square video for Instagram. We'll make a YouTube video, but there's also a lot of opportunity to repurpose kind of talk about what's your mix between like doing original content for these platforms, repurposing from your live streams or, uh, uploaded videos. How do you approach it? There's a lot of different ways. One of the things I really do love about TikTok, especially, is they make it so easy to get started. I mean, you can go in, you can browse, um, you know, branded hashtags and songs that are popular. And there's so much that you can already do. There's already uh, voiceover clips or things. If you just want to do that or if you want to learn a dance, they make it so easy to 
create content and then share that content. So you want to export it directly to Instagram. You want to put it on Reels. I mean, you could take that same one, download it and put it on YouTube Shorts. And the, the beauty is once you create a piece of content, um, especially vertically, you can put it every single place because there are so many places that take vertical video. So whether that's LinkedIn, LinkedIn Stories, Twitter, fleets, um, Snapchat, like every single thing. The nice thing is once you have that one piece of content, you know, some people are like, oh my God, I could never get on another platform. Like when you have an extra 60 seconds in your day, take the one piece of content that you've already created, put it up. Like right. that, that's the thing is you already have the content. The 15 and people watching my fleet on Twitter are probably different from the 20 people watching it on Instagram. On Instagram. Or, and here's so the thing is if you are a real estate agent and you had right. one person who followed your fleet and watched it and thought, oh, I'm in Houston and I need a real estate agent. And this guy seems to also understand social media. And I see him in my neighborhood all the time. He knows my neighborhood. I'm going to call him. That 15 seconds or whatever video was worth it if you're going to end up getting thousands of dollars in a commission because someone happened to catch it on a free social media site. So it's like, why fight trying to get everyone to push it to one platform and be like, hey, guys, check out all of my video on YouTube. I'm like, no, just meet them wherever they are, whether that's Pinterest, because a lot of people start searching Pinterest when they're going to go search and buy a home, right? Because they're getting their boards together of what their home is going to look like. Right. And if they see a local real estate agent in their area doing video pins on Pinterest um, and making it fun, there's a good chance that they could call them and be like, hey, let me check this out. So, I mean, why not just be where the people are instead of dictating what you think is the right platform? Right. And what if all of your eggs were in the Vine basket or the Vero one, which only lasted four months or, you know, on or Periscope, for or Periscope, right? We just had this discussion or they're shutting it down. It's like, mm -hmm. why would you constrict yourself into only being one place when you can be everywhere for free? So for people getting started doing vertical video, a lot of people who are here probably are focused, have been focused on talk shows, on interviews or going live solo uh, using the landscape format. For people getting started in vertical video, what are some of the basics to think about and how do they relate as well to these platforms and what works? A few things to keep in mind is one, each different platform is going to have different time limits, right? So um, sometimes it's better to be short and concise and be able to make that video be on all of the platforms versus figuring out how am I going to splice this up into different things. So if, if right. they're 20 seconds or less or 15 seconds or less or whatever, then you know you're guaranteed to be under fleet, LinkedIn stories, under Snapchat, under Instagram stories, right? Whereas you just have to then be more strategic around if I need a full 59 seconds or <laughs> Um, like, do I go into my editor and actually slow it down so it's one minute and one second so I can make an IGTV so it's a clickable link? What would make more sense, right? So you're like, hey, I would want it to be an IGTV if I'm talking about a specific product that I can link to because IGTV has clickable links. But I want it to be a 59 seconds so I can put it on TikTok so I go into an editing program and shorten it down by two seconds so that I can put it up there. Right. So I mean, even something like that, but then thinking about at the very beginning, what does that thumbnail look like? Because if someone doesn't understand what your video is going to be about right away, so it's the same. You don't get out of the thumbnail game just because it's in a vertical <laughs> video. You still have to think about that. And especially things like um, then you start thinking about how if it's a, a vertical video and you're going to end up putting it on LinkedIn, they always take the very first frame of your video and use that as a thumbnail unless you go in later and upload something else. So if you want to make it easier on yourself, 
you would also insert the still photo or the thumbnail into the very beginning of your video so that in Instagram or on LinkedIn, it's going to take that first um, frame or you can select that frame in Instagram to be your thumbnail. And if you really want to try and keep um, an aesthetic feed, then you want to think about how does this look in the square, in the four by five, in the preview and in my overall IGTV. But for getting started, it's be fun, be quick, be done. Be fun, be quick, be done. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that I'm seeing is uh, occasionally or maybe more than occasionally is people will do a square video <laughs> and then just put some text or put some, you know, a filter or something to, to make it look like they're using the whole canvas. And of course, if they position that correctly on Instagram, then that works great for their cover image or their, you know, their, their thumbnail, so to speak. What do, what do you, how do people react when they see a, a sort of a square video within, do people care or they just care if it's entertaining? I think they care more that it's entertaining, but the problem with sometimes square videos is that you can scroll past them and still see what's going on. So, you know, if you're scrolling mm -hmm. on Instagram and you have a four by five, which is usually going to be the video preview um, or right. the largest size that you can have, it's a lot harder to know what the next thing underneath is if you have it <laughs> expanded on screen. So the thing is you want to scroll down their um, scroll and you want to make it harder for them to see what's either below you or above you. And the more room you right. take up on the screen, it helps you achieve that. So if wow. you can do a nine by 16 full screen video or you can do a four by five, it gives the chance because if they still want to listen and see what's going on in the video, it gives them less of a chance to keep scrolling and be distracted by the next thing. So I would always advise to try and do a larger, whether that's four by five or nine by 16, and that's easily accomplished even for free if you're on a Mac by throwing that into a keynote slide and then right. putting that in there and exporting that video. But if you're going to do a square, what you can do with the extra room, still export it as a larger size, but put your mm -hmm. video captions below your video so that one, you're um, reaching all of the people who are hard of hearing or who right. can't um, play with volume on and it really helps them while they're passing time at work <laughs> and they can read what's going on or they're commuting a lot of the time. So if they then can also read what's going on on screen, one, mm -hmm. they can still get the information too, but they might also determine, whoa, this is something I actually need to be listening to and then turn mm -hmm. on the volume. And that's the biggest like compliment you can get is like, I've gotten their attention enough that they really want to actually understand what's going on. One more question on square while we're on it. And that is when you make a square video intending it to be a square video an instagram feed post you're not looking to put it in stories or ig tv do you make it 1080 by 1080 or do you make it actually four by five and then kind of fit the what you want to be your thumbnail so that it fits right in the in the square because it's all square when you look at somebody's <laughs> profile right when you look at the profile but when you're looking and seeing any kind of preview it's four by five if even if it's a nine by 16, it's a four by five. So I think the worst kind of video you can put onto your profile is going to be a 16 by nine widescreen because <laughs> it's so skinny that like people can always see what's going on next. So square is going to be your next four by five is going to be the best after that. So right, I right. would still always um, try and make it four by five, but still concentrating on what's going to be seen in the middle, but that's only going to be seen on the profile itself. Right, right. And so do you put your Instagram store, uh, your IGTV, so many different ones. Do you put your IGTV videos in your on your profile or you don't? Because you those have to be 16 by 9, right? Um, well, they can be 9 by 16. 9 by 16, right? Yeah. But you could still have a video that's 4 by 5. It's just going to stretch it. But um... do you recommend doing that, making a 4, four by 5? 
if worst comes to worst and you can't do anything else, you could do that. But also a 16 by 9, once you actually get it in there and you rotate the phone, which I think is the worst thing to do to people, um, right. just respect the way that they're holding their phone. So people don't know this, but like more than 90% of the time when you're holding a phone in your hand, it's in a vertical orientation. So right. and more than 80% of the time when people are on video sites, they're still holding it in a portrait, even though they know the videos are supposed to be viewed 16 by 9. So if you can do something to fill up the screen and make it harder for them to scroll, it's better. So I would still always advise people to do a 9 by 16 or a 4 by 5 in a 9 by 16 frame with, you know, your business card information or a cool background or, you know, the, the text and title and um, captions in that like dead space. I would do mm -hmm. that instead. When you shoot yourself in vertical video, how does that differ or what do you need to consider versus shooting, say, on a phone when you're shooting in landscape? Well, it depends. Like even, um, you know, like we are right now, we could be doing the um, the vertical um, by just slicing down the middle or slicing right. down the slice uh, of us that is actually relevant. Um, I think it's easier, though, if you if you're going to shoot vertical video, you just turn the camera on its side it, instead of having to go in later and then slice it out. But just thinking, um, you know, what's on the top and bottom and you mm -hmm. trying to stay kind of um, leaving headroom, especially because right. when you get to the four by five preview, um, the last thing you want is only seeing like from here on because you got cut off. And that's also really important too. a lot of people are putting those captions on screens and pointing at things. And if you're doing that, try and keep it within the four by five frame versus the, um, the top and bottom because you'll not see that stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of different challenges with how each platform lays them out, right? Because on on mm -hmm. YouTube's on YouTube Shorts, you want to leave the bottom quarter empty because depending on how people watch it, YouTube's own information will come over that bottom part. Right. Yeah. So, so keeping, <laughs> it wasn't yeah, a question. Keeping quarter but... at the top and bottom, yeah, is definitely. Um important <laughs> yeah because um youtube also gives you a preview it's almost like a square until you hit the expand button and then you actually get the rest of the video so it's interesting the way that the different platforms like, kind of handle it um because it's definitely taller than it is um like the 16 by 9 regular right but it's not fully expanded until you actually hit the button which a lot of people don't realize to do so so you also help people with youtube and we've talked on the show before about what you need to do to optimize videos, thumbnails, tags, titles, description, all those different things. Yeah. How does that change or does it change for YouTube Shorts? Um, well, I mean, that is a growing and expanding whole thing because, you know, fully available in India, mm -hmm. slowly starting to migrate its way to other countries and marketplaces. Um, I have five YouTube channels. Only one of them has the ability to actually upload natively from within the app itself, but it doesn't stop anyone from being able to upload vertical videos um, under 60 seconds and using hashtag shorts in the title or description so that it can still be picked up by um, the bots that be and, you know, hopefully put in front of people. So when it comes to that, there's a lot of like talking, I feel like out of both sides of their mouth, because like YouTube is saying like, hey, you can't use this against your 4000 hours to get monetized. Um, but you can count the subscribers. And then other people are saying, well, since um, monetization and um, shorts and stuff isn't officially available here mm -hmm. yet, 
there's nothing stopping you from going into the um, YouTube library uh, in studio and turning on monetization then, which is true. And so it's, it's interesting because they're also saying, hey, we're not going to serve ads against shorts and it doesn't count for monetization yet on the back end, uh, people are still able to technically monetize them. So I think it's one of those like once it's officially rolled out here in the US, they may change some of that because it's like, hey, we wrote this entire article saying you guys can't monetize them. But hey, we can't tell the difference between shorts videos or not yet. And we don't have the ability to upload them from the app yet. So you can still monetize them because they're just a regular video. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. So like, that's kind of weird. But one thing that's interesting. I as always well, turn it off for the shorts. I figure how much could I make? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really depends. But one thing that's weird is when I even did a presentation on the TubeBuddy channel and I was talking about YouTube shorts and I was going through the demo, they actually had a music library embedded and you could do up to 15 seconds with like popular songs. I went in just recently and they had taken that away. So now oh, it's wow. like, no, you can't have that music. So now there's like, there's no advantage or benefit of all from uploading from within the app. So I would just make it right. outside, like even make it inside of TikTok or whatever else it is, export it and then put it up um, because there's ways to export, you know, without the watermark and everything. So I would just be doing that because they have way better filters and like text options and cool effects. I would do that, create the video and then upload it to YouTube shorts and just use the hashtag tag and then another thing that people don't also realize about youtube shorts if you want to monetize um sorry if you want to optimize for your channel there's actually now a way if you're in your youtube studio you have to be on desktop to customize your layout and you can have an entire row for your shorts videos it's only available to view on mobile but you have to set it up on your desktop right so right. that's another thing that people can do <laughs> yeah and you can if it's a regular video then you can still go in and put clickable links which i think is really nice because if you're talking about this um you know this microphone you want people to be able to click the link and unlike stories which one expire in seven days and two you can't actually respond to people without creating a new story you can still respond to it like with normal comments so i prefer shorts in that so in essentially that. you treat it like any other youtube yeah. video in in the upload and and optimization process um generally i guess a best practice and you can tell me if i'm i'm off on this but you, you want to wait like with regular uploaded videos 48 hours between Usually. videos unless you're uploading daily on a you know you have a channel that you just upload daily or multiple times daily yeah. do you have to space out shorts or can you do shorts whenever you feel whenever you feel like it I think it also depends on what your audience is trained for as well as what they expect. So if you're a compilation or a clips channel or a top five channel or something like that, where if people are coming out and just doing um, little snippets, I don't think there's anything wrong with re releasing a whole bunch. I mean, at least you could release them every few hours versus six at the same time. But I think it's kind of like what your audience is expected. And and one thing is, if you have such a huge audience that you think they're going to be so annoyed by the fact that you put out six videos that are all 30 seconds, then maybe that's one thing to consider. But especially mm -hmm. if you're small and you're looking to grow, like why not toss, it's, it's the spaghetti method, right? Like toss everything out there and see if one of them gets picked up. But basically, it's not the same algorithm that guides your full videos, right? It's a separate algorithm. Yeah, for they shorts. have different things. I mean, and there's four different places that people can discover like shorts. So whether that's on the um, shorts video shelf, there's like this watch next module, there's this um, from people going onto your page as well. So they are looking for short videos to kind of um, feature. And the thing is, if if a lot of people aren't actually doing it, there's a much smaller pool of videos to choose from, right? So they have limited real estate or inventory that they can pick up to display. So if you have a whole bunch of shorts, then and it can increase your chances to get picked up. 
but so, the video has to be good too. I can't right, just right. like. <laughs> so the channel that I know about is Shelly Saves the Day. It's youtube.com slash Shelly Saves the Day. Uh, tell us about your other channels and are you creating content for all five of them on a regular basis or is your focus on your Shelly Saves the Day channel? Um, that's my main focus right now. I think next year um, there's going to be a big push for me to be doing a lot more content over on my vertical video channel. So that the entire um, library over there is only vertical videos and teaching people how to use vertical video and kind of telling them about like mm -hmm. vertical video marketing academy and why vertical is like so awesome because I just I see the upsurgence of it being huge in this next year. So that's still kind of like the main thing. And then the others are just for fun. Like I have a beauty channel where, you know, if I get a makeup subscription box, I unbox it. And it's just a fun, creative place mm -hmm. to not have to do the same thing. And then I have a music channel where I just kind of live stream like guitar singing or something like that. And then I have one where I can do, I did a project called, um, Oh, it was Vlogtober where you just basically mm -hmm. I did a five minute recap at the end of every day, like a journal entry, because that was like the busiest month for me in this last year when I was releasing my e-course. I was doing all these things, speaking at conferences. And I was just like, I need some time to actually reflect and remember this a year from now. So I just use oh, wow. that for whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. And when you are, are on YouTube, uh, you go live a lot. And Love of life. course, we're talking about live streaming, StreamYard. We should get to that because... I love um, there's I there's that, yeah. obviously yeah I know you do I know you do and you've gone live multiple times that I mean if you think I go live a lot Shelly goes live more than anyone I know I think Nick Nimmin does these like five six eight hour live streams but he maybe goes live a couple times a week Shelly is live like every time I open my uh Facebook <laughs> or YouTube it seems Tell us, um, what, what do you think, and I know you may not be approaching it with the sort of strategic idea of like, is this helping me grow or not? But there's a lot of controversy around that. A lot of people feel like, well, if I go live and only a few people watch or what have you, it might not help my channel. What, what are your thoughts as far as going live a lot and what it does for a growing channel? Is it good? Is it bad? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think live is good for a few things. First of all, one, it, it allows me to get to two videos a week on my main channel. So one edited, more polished video, and then one where I go um, live every Thursday. And that means mm -hmm. I don't have to edit it. I don't have to do anything. I just have to come on with the topic in mind and be done. And that that means I can be, do two. Um, the other thing I love about live is it's the community building aspect of it. So I can right. actually interact in real time. Say I explained something and someone was like not quite understanding. I can take that moment to be like, oh, okay, that's not exactly what I meant. Let's talk about that and let's clarify. So I love that and the community building. Plus it also for a lot of channels, um, it is one of those things that actually can help you build watch time because the watch times and the stay durations of people who are involved in live and when you're talking back to them is like triple or quadruple what it is if they're just watching a pre-recorded video. So if you're someone who's trying to get to your 4,000 hours of monetization and stuff like that, going live a lot and having conversations with people logging in if they stay for an mm -hmm. hour at a time, like how long would it take you if you are releasing a video every Sunday, but only, you know, 15 people are watching it and it's a five minute video versus a few of them staying for the entire hour long that you're doing your live stream. So, right. and by doing that and interacting with them, you're building a deeper connection with them so that maybe one day, if you do get monetized, maybe now at 1000 and now they have channel memberships, those would be 
be the people that would be more likely to get into, you know, your kind of programs and stuff like that. So, so now the channel memberships are available to uh, smaller channels. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more live streaming is the way to go because those are going to be your core, your core people who hang yeah, with you. Exactly. I, I love live streaming too so much just because like, I feel like a lot of the time people don't get to really see who you are because you get a five mm -hmm. or 10 minute polished video every week. And it's harder to hide that or kind of maintain that if you are kind of a person who doesn't maintain that level of whatever for, um, you know, for two, three, four hours at a time. Right. And I feel like um, you just get to be yourself more so. And and you really start to then find out like who's here, who's who vibes with me, who doesn't understand the way that I talk or who doesn't, you know, like that. And they kind of weed themselves out. And the people that do like you kind of tend to stay right, and become right. more fiercely devoted. So I love that about live too. So I don't feel like I the more need to explain myself in some of my Sunday videos if people understand the way that I speak, my mannerisms, the way that I talk. So that's that's great. And I find that like Editing video can be fun and it can be creative, but it can also be tiring. And a lot of times the energy of going live just brings out exactly what you kind of wanted to say and versus trying to work off some notes or trying to go back and piece together <laughs> different clips and different ideas. And I don't know, for me, it's just, it's much more a natural way to create content. I want to bring in a question from Adam who asks, how do you come up with that much content for that many live streams? Well, I might have over-exaggerated a little. I might a little bit about how much you go live. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, here's the thing is one reason why it looks like I go live so, so much is because I go live for all of my different channels. So I will do it for my beauty unboxing. So you're going to see that notification. And then I decide, okay, I'm mm -hmm. done with that video. Now I'm going to film the one about some sort of tutorial and I'm going to go live again. So you're going to get a second notification. Then I'm going to go live and I'm going to do the, um, the Thursday talk that I have. So you may get three notifications in a day that I went live, but it's really just me turning on the camera and going. But it's because I already have like a Trello board or a WordPad of all of these different ideas for the different channels that I'm doing. And so that's, that's why. So I do go live a lot, but it's usually not all for the same channel. So I will go live and do a musical stream and then live and do a beauty unboxing and then live and do a video editing tutorial. And that's just kind of how you just get the notifications for all because you're my friend on Facebook and I send them all right, through right. Facebook too. <laughs> uh, you know, and even with your Shelly Saves the Day channel, I don't see it as being super, super niche where it's like, it's just a gear review channel or it's just a YouTube analytics and optimization channel. But like you cover a lot of different areas. Um, so what do you think of that advice that like the more niche you go on YouTube, that's where your success is gonna be. <laughs> I am the worst at this. This is one of those like do as I say, don't do as I do type thing. Because <laughs> I can tell you for four years I've been fighting against this. Like, I'll just have playlists and I can be a variety. Okay, variety like sucks, but like for me, <laughs> like I feel like I need to because I can't be constricted. So at least mm -hmm. I've like now boiled it down to at least be on free on other channels. But the truth is. I definitely am not growing as fast as I could if I stuck to one thing, but I don't want to just talk about YouTube analytics and I don't want to just talk about iMovie. And, and so, because like I'm, you know, as we're all beautiful snowflakes and unique creatures, <laughs> I, I take that to heart and I'm just like, I understand that I'm going, it's a choice I've made. I'm going to grow slower, but I'm going to mm -hmm. talk about the things that I want to. So at least now I have, it's video editing made easy, you know? So if I want right. to talk about other apps, because a lot of the time people don't want me to talk about anything that isn't iMovie, but if I want to talk about, you know, InShot or mixed captions or whatever, like I'm going to do it. And I, you know, it's like, you're getting all this content for free. I'm going to start making um, content that I want. And that's kind of, I've gotten to this point now where I'm just like, 
I'm going to make what makes me more happy, but I'm going to keep it at least to these two things. I, I'll talk about YouTube and I'll explain it simply to you, or I'll talk about video editing and I'll explain that simply to you. Like, And I feel like they still go hand in hand because you need to know how to video edit and then know what to do with it on YouTube once you're done with it. Right. But I feel like that's that's what I want to talk about right now. So if you want to talk about something else, whether it's vertical video, I have a different channel for that. If you want to mm -hmm. talk about beauty, I got a different channel for that, you know? Do you have a certain topic that you know is like, that's going to be a hit? That's where, you know, like, that's my most popular topic. I might not want to do it every day, but that's the one where that playlist or that, that subject area is where the audience really wants to uh, consume material. For me, it's iMovie. And mm -hmm. so you go look at my playlist and it's like triple playlists for like iMovie made easy versus anything else. So, you know, I, I also feel like I kind of gave in a bit and I gave people um, what they were asking for. And it was kind of like one of those put up or shut up moments. And I'm like, you guys have been hounding me for all this time to do only right. iMovie stuff, only iMovie stuff. And I'm like, you know what I did for you guys? I went away for an entire month <laughs> and I made an entire friggin' e-course for you. So if you really need editing advice and stuff like that, go buy my course and you'll learn how to do it. Now I kind of feel this freedom to be like, dude, I've done a lot of it. I've taught a lot of it. And if I want to talk about other things now, I'm allowed. So now right. I can move into Final Cut Pro and I can move into whatever because I can always go back to people and say, hey, you want iMovie specifically, only iMovie? Here's the thing. Buy it. You right, know what I mean? Right. And a lot of them are like, no, 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 no. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well then see ya. Like, cause <laughs> I, I'm gonna make what I want. You can't right. like, even when I made these videos that you guys said that you only wanted, sometimes you didn't even watch them. So like, what what fun is that for me? You know, <laughs> I'm not encyclopedia like Britannica for you. I'm not right. just like your personal Google. Like I, I can't be trapped into this only one thing forever, so. Right, right. So if you're interested in iMovie Made Easy or you're interested in the Vertical Video Marketing Academy, there's links in the description on YouTube and I believe on Facebook as well. So check those out and you can find Shelly at youtube.com slash Shelly saves the day as I'll call it the main channel or the flagship channel. Uh, and then you can go from there learning more about Shelly. We are going to give away a year of the basic plan of StreamYard in just a couple minutes. Uh, but as we continue, I want to ask you, okay, so you've got your vertical videos going and you're also creating live streams you're creating uh regular videos which we would call landscape horizontal <laughs> videos um how much like in terms of editing right you teach iMovie you use Final Cut Pro how many different tools do you use for all these different um videos that you create yourself like are you have okay uh. I just can do everything <laughs> in Final Cut or do you have like 18 tools where you put it in this one, you put it in that one. <laughs> Depends. Well, you know, it's so funny because I have a friend who is like very big on Instagram. And once she showed me like what it takes to get an Instagram photo from like beginning to end. And it was mm -hmm. like four or five different programs. And I was just like, holy Jesus, that's amazing. Um, wow. <laughs> but uh, no, it's kind of interesting because because people only know me for iMovie, they think that's the well, one, they think that's what I edit all of my videos with, which I don't anymore. I, I actually did iMovie for my first probably 100 videos before I upgraded to um, Final Cut Pro, which is interesting because now sometimes when I teach something in um, iMovie, I actually have to go back, open it up and be like, can I do this? How do I do this? Because I've been using Final Cut Pro. So it's an interesting like I don't it's not like I'm a fraud, but I'm just like I don't really use it anymore um, except to teach people how to use it in a way that's uh, more of what they want, you know? 
Right, right. But for me personally, I do most of my stuff in Final Cut Pro if I'm on a desktop computer. Now, if I'm on my mm-hmm. phone, I use either TikTok or InShot or Mixed Captions. And, um, or um, a really good one is Spark Video if you're doing a lot of stuff with stories and you want some music integrated and um, they have some really cool transitions. So I'm a big fan of that as well. But it is interesting because I use so many tools. And so behind the scenes when I'm talking to people and other YouTube people and I'm like, oh, don't get this app, use this app or get this app. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why don't you have videos on any of these other programs? And I'm like, because people don't want to see it. But now I'm kind of like, well, maybe I want to make it. And I can tell people about it because it was during the time when I was so restricted to just make iMovie. Don't talk about anything else besides mm-hmm. iMovie. You know, so now I'm, I'm feeling I think it's 2020 where I'm just having this more freedom to be like, this is me. This is who I am. And if you don't like it, you can dip out because there's millions of other channels that you can watch for free. And millions and billions of you aren't even watching me anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like me, you can just find another channel. But like, <laughs> I, I want to talk about the things I want to talk about now. And I'm like more unapologetically just myself right. this year or the end of this year. You know, do you do transcripts or captions or anything like that? Do you use the YouTube ones? How do you how do you deal with that issue? Good question. OK, so a few different things you can do if you're doing the for Instagram stories. I did a video on this on I think think maybe my vertical video channel but there's two different ways you can do captions um like for free one is the um, instagram adjacent app called threads you could do that there's also another one on an iphone it's called clips i used to hate that app i deleted it but now it's back because it only used to do a square but now it will do right. a full nine by 16 but you can do like your memoji you can do speak to um, text as well so that's really really awesome so those two will do it and they're free uh, my favorite one personally is mix captions because um, unlike clipomatic which you pay four dollars and 99 cents for right the camera you have to record in camera and it's awful it's so awful um it, it just looks blown out and i can't I, I can't understand why people ever recommend that app i would never waste five dollars on that app ever again no mm-hmm. but i would and, and like the the captions look so just sophomore like so awful um it's like are you 12 are you like no like i'm trying to be professional these don't look good but um i actually prefer mixed captions you can upload your own font so i have like my own custom font um you can choose the placement you can do things mm-hmm. like an inshot where you can change the canvas in the background add blur bokeh any of that kind of stuff um and you can also upload videos up to like 30 minutes long from outside of the app. So any video that you have. So actually almost all of my videos that I captioned for my iMovie Made Easy course, I did in my mixed captions um, because it was so much cheaper because you buy bundles of minutes. Unlike Rev.com, which is $1.25 a minute, you do right. make captions and you pay like, let's say $5 for 300 minutes or something like very, very cheap. And you can buy like the Big Daddy package for $89, right. which is like a lot of minutes. Like you would not run out for like a year. And the cool thing about that is you can then um, do them in like up to 23 different languages. You it's done via AI. So it sends out the file and then you can just correct anything that's wrong on your keypad or anything like that. And then you um, export either the SRT file or with the video with the burned in captions, you can do either. Mm -hmm. And then I can take the SRT file, upload it to YouTube or to um, um, it was Thinkific where I'm hosting my course and I have that file or I can also go back in and just do the burned in captions the whole time. Do you do burned in on YouTube or not on YouTube? I prefer not to on yeah. YouTube because of things like if someone actually does want to do a translation into a different language of their own, um, I don't want them to have to compete with each other on screen. And if you have something like you're doing overlays and things flying in and stuff like that, you don't want to like cover that up. So that's where one of those things like shoving that thing into a square or a four by five and then putting the captions above or below um, right. would be like better because you don't want to mess with whatever's on screen sometimes. 
I thought that getting a transcription would make it faster for a long live stream for doing chapters. It doesn't make it as fat much <laughs> as much faster as I had hoped. Still. The one nice thing about it is you can use a lot of it um, if you wanted to rip out some of that section and have it start a blog post, mm -hmm. um, which is really nice because you have a lot of the written word already stuff. Right, and you right. can also look for like really quote. Um, worthy things that you can toss into like some sort of graphic and so right. I, like I said I'm a big fan of repurposing so the other thing is if you know that there's a specific point or part in your video that is like really awesome I would like extract that one part um, throw in burn captions or not and do like a clips thing because one thing that's really intimidating for people seeing a four or five hour live stream is right. like, yeah but what part is relevant to me because right, those aren't right. your hardcore fans they're the ones who are just looking for some piece of information but there is something good in there and you don't want to repeat yourself you take out the five minutes, you put that up as a clip someplace, like, and, and, and having captions also can make it easier to identify what part that was. Can, can you hang out for a few more minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to give away a year of StreamYard basic plan. Uh, this is for a new customer, so if you're using the free plan or you're not yet signed up with StreamYard, you want to go to LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard and sign up right away. But if you are signed up and you're using the free plan or you're not yet signed up, put hashtag StreamYardSanta into the chat. Yes. And in the meanwhile, <laughs> while we're sorting that out, I want to answer a question or at least have Shelly answer a question if she can, because a it's a tough one. And Alexander H has been asking throughout the chat, how do you find YouTube shorts? Where do you go? And sometimes they pop up when I'm scrolling on my yeah. phone. That's uh, called the shorts shelf. But where, where would somebody go if they're like, okay, I want to find shorts or I want to create shorts. Where do I go to, to do this? There's a few places. So one, if you know that a creator is actually making shorts, you can go mm -hmm. to their video library itself on their channel page. That's one. There's also the shorts shelf, which Ross was just um, alluding to, which is when you're scrolling, you usually see a vertical. Uh, sorry, a horizontal row of videos, mm -hmm. and they're called shorts and stories, or it's sh stories and short videos. So you'll see those. They're not just the um, the stories. But sometimes you'll see like a 39 second video in there. That's also the second place. There's also a module that you'll see. It's called What's Next. So if you actually go into the YouTube um, help library, it says there's these four places that you can watch them, but those are the three that I remember offhand. Wow. There's a lot of different ways to find it, and it's still not that easy to find. You can now, also when... do hashtag shorts in yes. the address bar, and then it will also bring up a list of So you can do that on desktop if you want to find them on desktop, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is if you, when it comes to uploading them, you don't have to do it on your phone. You can upload a short, your shorts just in your... Yeah. Your YouTube you just studio want to make sure on... The video file itself is a vertical right. 9 by 16. Yes. Right. So we do have a winner. Uh, our winner is, drum roll please, it is Paul Davis. Congratulations, Congratulations. Paul Davis. <laughs> uh, had the StreamYard Santa hashtag there, and he's the one that comes up in the drawing. So congratulations, Paul. You get a year of... StreamYard basic plan means you can live stream to three destinations. You you can do a whole bunch of different things. You can add overlays, backgrounds, a lot of lot of good things that you can do. You can get a recording of your broadcast. Just reach out to me afterwards. Uh, it's iRossBrand on Twitter, and just send me a DM or put 
put something in the comments and I will make sure to connect you and StreamYard. And Shelly, thanks so much for uh, spending so much time and sharing everything that you're working on. It, it's so cool how you've gotten into these vertical videos and are, it's just so much fun to watch. And then you're a live streamer as well. So it's like you bring it all together with, with YouTube and uh, just providing people with a lot of great advice and, and entertainment. And I think that's like the perfect mix, right? <laughs> yeah. I really feel like there's this push this year for just authenticity. Right. You know, and I, I just feel like people are so tired of of that and they're just craving like because there are a lot more people at home and they're watching people and the last thing they want is this completely unrelatable picture perfect right they, they want to see real you know like they're stuck at home right now they've got lots of time on their hands and i don't want to hear how your life is like amazingly perfect and like <laughs> there's nothing i can relate to you know what i mean like and so i just this year especially i've, I've had a lot less of a care of exactly what people think Mm -hmm. about me as much and I, I know that always comes off the wrong way but I, I just mean like before I would be so like paralyzed and scared that like people would misunderstand me that I would just want to not say certain things or be more of myself but now it's like I'd rather be liked or hated for who I am and and just be myself and never have right. to feel like I'm being someone else because it's just me you know right so, right I, and I'm okay with that <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you always tell the truth you never have to get your story straight before right. you, <laughs> you go into a meeting or something right so and like I I went live on Thursday and I was saying something like um I'm gonna show you guys this I'm not like the most expert at it I was showing off the Elgato stream deck I just got it mm -hmm. a few weeks ago I'm trying to set it up I've had plenty of missteps with it and people have seen that live as well but I can be like did I plan this out beforehand nope are we gonna try it anyway yep Am I probably going to make mistakes? Yes. You know, and I think sometimes that's refreshing for some people too to also be like, oh, well, she pushed the wrong button just like I did, or she, you know, screwed up and it doesn't work the, the way that it's supposed to. Let's decipher that and see if it's supposed to work a certain right. way, or that's what I would have done too. And so people don't feel as scared then to also be like, I don't know what happens when you push this button. I'm like, I don't know. The world explodes. Let's find out, you know? So <laughs> right, right. It, it's just one of those like, let's, let's, let's give it a shot. I mean, I think that's the problem before is I was such an educator. I wanted to like come across as like, this is what you do and this is the button you push and this is how, you know, and, and now it's just kind of like, I don't know, let's try it. Can you do that? It's a good question. Let's, let's find out, you know? <laughs> it, it's funny. I was looking back. Um, my parents don't really follow what I'm doing online. And I was playing for them a couple of, of videos that I did. And I played my first unboxing and <laughs> I forgot the cord or something. And I actually go like, wait, Stay here. I'll be yeah. right back. And you I see me walk so out the funny. door. A lot of people are the like, door. I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but I mean, I, that's really what's going to the bathroom. <laughs> I used to always be afraid, like, it's going to be one of those boxes that you need some, like, tool to cut open or what like hey we're doing the unboxing i can't get it open. oh i've done that too I've, i'm trying to unbox and i'm like ripping at it like with nails and i'm like did i bring a knife nope you know and i'm just like struggling like with, i'm like square peg round hole perfect right, <laughs> <It fits>. right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thanks again shelly youtube.com slash shelly saves the day at shelly saves the day on instagram at shelly saves the on twitter and you can find links to her courses and programs in the youtube and facebook chat thanks again for joining us absolutely thanks for having me bye everyone bye
And so that is Shelly Saves the Day. Thank you so much, Shelly. Happy holidays, everyone. Again, congratulations uh, to our winner of a free year of the basic plan of StreamYard. We'll get to the remix real quick. We can't ever leave you without a remix. Last week, we had the great photographer, Stefan Kaplan, on former uh, former supervising editor at the New York Times, photojournalist, works with uh, Pulitzer Prizes, and it was a fun conversation. One of the things with video that's most important, too, is really learning. Either use a very good selfie stick to hold it steady, and I know you use that a lot, Um, but also mastering the art of hand hand holding your camera really steady. You know, mm-hmm. you have to think, and I always tell people, plant yourself, take a deep breath when you're doing video and stay still unless you're following somebody like I do sometimes, like a guy dressed up like a Christmas tree walking down 14th street. <laughs> and I have this great little uh, hyperlapse video of him walking down 14th street really fast. And all you see is legs and a Christmas tree running mm-hmm. down 14th street on my Twitter feed somewhere. <laughs> And speaking of live and funny things that go wrong there, you you want to put a background when you have a (laughs) vertical video and you're going to play it as a clip within StreamYard, you want to put a background so that it's not, uh, you're you're not peeking out from both sides. But that was fun. Uh, Thank you, Stefan. Great interview. If you didn't catch that, he's terrific. So many tips for mobile phone photography and social media Check that out and all the recent shows you can find on the StreamYard Facebook page and the StreamYard YouTube channel. And uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We'll see you again next week on Wednesday. Jeff and hi, Def. We're going to talk about video production, creating live broadcasts, a lot of different subjects. Jeff is so well versed in live and produced video. He's a true pro. And uh, we'll also look back at 2020, some of the highlights of the year. Believe it or not, there were some highlights, at least for live streaming, uh, among some of the tough times that we had. So thanks to Shelly Saves the Day for being a, a terrific guest. Thank you for being here. Enjoy the holidays. And I look forward to talking to you again next week, 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday on another episode of StreamYard Connect. Take care, everybody.